1: Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron Portzine with you on a rainy day here in Raleigh. I'll not complain, though, because it's in the 50s, 54. Uh, Blue Jackets against the Hurricanes tonight. Uh, Joined, I am via Skype, by Allison Lucan. Hello. And the great Tom Reed. Good day. Uh, We're all here. Uh, Interesting times in Blue Jackets lands. The Blue Jackets have two All Stars, and now you could be thinking, "Wow, they could have they could easily have had a couple more." It is really hard; uh, it's almost impossible to get three All Stars the way that the league sets it up right now. But the Blue Jackets get two in Seth Jones, Cam Atkinson. This will be number three for Jones. It'll be the second game he's played, and he missed. He was nominated or selected last year, but missed it with the flu. Uh, he joked about that today that he's already on the emergency. Uh, I'm sorry, the emergency that uh, <laughs> C boost uh, to help fight off any sort of issues. Uh, this is this is forgive me here two for Atkinson. It is yes. His second as well. So these Blue Jackets are growing up uh, right in front of us. The, the Seth Jones selection comes at a really interesting time, and Allison wrote an interesting piece. Uh, today on him, it's almost three years exactly since his trade from Nashville to Columbus straight up for Ryan Johansson. Um, and I, I think it's a, tr- I know it's a trade the Blue Jackets would do again. Uh, I think Nashville probably would, too, because of what Johansson gives them down the middle. But Jones has just been as good as everybody thought he was going to be. I think he is uh, yet still managed to be a revelation here in Columbus just with his. Just a the raw athleticism, but also the cerebral style of play that he has. He is such a gifted player. He's still a young man, only gonna get better. Um, Allison, tell us what you what you wrote today and just sort of break it down the the three year look at at this young man and what he's been able to accomplish in Columbus.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was uh it was funny. I'd kind of had the date circled on my calendar as a as a good time to talk about Seth. I don't know that we talk about him. As much. Uh, Torts even said yesterday, he said, even when he's having an off game, it's still so good that you may not notice he's right. off. Um, right. We take him for granted almost as, as a player, but um, it, not that anyone needs to know this per se. But you know, sometimes I try and go into these articles blind, like just see what I'm going to find out about a player. And I started with the voices from the room and I mean, talk about unnecessarily provoked, effusive praise for this guy. I mean, just description over description of, I, I can't pick one thing that's great about him. It's everything. He's just so talented. He's elite. He's a game changer. He takes over a game. It, guys would just talk forever. And, and to your point, really a lot of unprovoked emphasis on his leadership as well yeah. and what he's brought to the culture change of this team. But what surprised me, first was just how solidly he has performed, particularly offensively for this team in just three years. Um, I was yeah. p- shocked, honestly, to and you know, it's a younger franchise, of course, but shocked to see where he's positioned himself offensively. But then I said, you know, it's it's fair for people to say you're tooting a team's horn if it's just relative within a team. again, I I tried not to see what I thought would happen, but I pulled some categories across the league from the exact three years that Seth has worn a Blue Jackets jersey. And, I mean, he ranks pretty high up there with defensemen in the league who've been playing in this same span. And to me, it it certainly lends credence to the argument that many, including Yarmo Kekalainen and John Tortorella, have have offered up to say, this guy deserves to be in the Norris conversation. This is not a... Homer argument per se, but, you know, I did a really unscientific thing, but we had 15 categories and the person who was in named in the most in terms of being in the top 20 in that measure was Brent Burns. He was in 12. Seth Jones was in 11. So, you know, it's, it is really quite incredible when you isolate what he can do and how that has really snowballed for what he's bringing to this team overall.
1: Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people last year, um, felt that he should have been given more of a more of a look at the Norris he was a finalist which is I mean if you look at some of the defensemen around this league to be in that collection of players is an incredible honor just in in itself um I think even within that people thought he deserved more consideration for the Norris yeah um right but for me and 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 that's fair that that's there's there was an argument to be made I think that was a really important year for him because before you, you have to elevate into that conversation before you can win that trophy. Cause no matter, no matter how, how much work people put into it, it is, in, it is largely a, yes, your season matters. It's also a body of work trophy. For sure. It's like Notre Dame and the college football rankings they are always ranked every year because they're Notre
2: <laughs> name. <freaking laughs> they can right.
1: start 0-3 and they're out, but they, they just have this reputation built up. You're just right there no matter what your season is. It's incredible that, that Jones has been able to create that, again, with all the players out there, with no playoff run because that's where that's where player reputations are built. And I know the Norris trophy and all that voting isn't done based upon the playoffs, but reputations are built in the playoffs right. and the blue jackets haven't had a run. Tom, we've talked about this, I think, and not, not recently, but certainly in the past that that's where players create their name. Just how impressed are you that Seth Jones is who he is and, and that he's been able to sort of generate attention on a, on a team that's been that's made the playoffs, yeah, but has been out really quickly.
3: You know, without question. you know, Allison and I have talked a little bit about this over the last couple of days. We were talking about, can you think of a play or a type of thing that really kind of defines him? And I said, no, because I think, and maybe that's the, the best compliment I can give him because he reminds me of a guy like Nicholas Lidstrom, who when you think of what he does well, he did everything well. It was funny, towards the night, got into this conversation yesterday. I think Torts misunderstood me saying that Lister isn't a good player. And I'm like, no, no, no. no. I'm saying that he's a really good player, and he does everything well. Um, and I think, you know, to, to me, the, the, the best compliment a coach can give a, a player is not words. It's ice time. You look yeah. at, at his ice time. Remember, first of all, I can remember that his first full season, Aaron, you and I were talking about, he's like averaging almost 24 minutes a game. He was playing 23-24. That was 26th in the league. Last year, 24-36. 14th in the league. This year, 26-16. That's third in the league. He's playing almost half a game. Right. I mean, to me, that is an amazing jump. Yeah. And he reminds me, I was trying to think today after reading Allison's piece, who he reminds me of currently in the game. And again as a player that nothing stands out because he does everything well. And I keep coming back to the guy who's, who leads that ice time every year Drew Doughty.
0: Yeah. Not the
3: same player, but when you think of Drew Doughty, like nothing necessarily jumps out. Nothing says, wow, he does this. He does that really well. He does everything well. Yeah. He's yeah. yeah. And that's I, who he maybe reminds me of as much as anybody.
1: Well, this is the ultimate compliment. Um,
3: I Doughty
1: has that, um, Dowdy had. There are times in a game where you go, "Whoa, Drew Dowdy!" where he's where he is almost maniacal in his in his puck carrying and hitting guys if he doesn't feel like the energy levels there. Jones Jones has a Lidstrom quality about him to me, where yes. there is a quietness and a posture and a presence about him. And 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 the one thing I was like, there were games when we used to play when the Blue Jackets would play the Red Wings. Where frankly you're looking, you're looking for something to pay attention to because the games didn't used to be com- competitive at all. Um, but you would watch. I would watch. I would just isolate on Lidstrom, and you would notice situations that if that's if that's most other defensemen, any other defensemen, that's the situation. But he just unplugged situations before they even started. Little <laughs> moves, little touch passes, his his positioning. All that sort of stuff, and I think Jones does that too, which is maybe why, as much credit as he gets, he doesn't get that effusive Eric Carlson. Oh my what? God, look at him skating! Look at Brett Burns' shot. Right. Where jo- Jones is just there is a presence about that young man, and he's still really young. And it, it's it's enthralling to wonder where this might go.
3: And you ever you ever noticed like we always we always we always laugh about it's like, and this is not a criticism, Mick, but this is. Like David Savard making these great plays in the crease. Oh my yeah. God, what a he came out of nowhere to block that shot. Seth Jones doesn't have those plays because he's always in the right spot. Right. You know he, he does block a lot of shots, and of course the the game has changed because stick checks are so. I mean Eric Eric Carlson is a couple of years ago led the league and I think block shots, and they were probably seventy five percent stick checks. But that's fine. It, but it, it, to, it to me it speaks to someone who is always in position. I think he is. He does not get enough credit for him his defensive game. No. He is always in position. He's yes. not like you mentioned Dowdy is sometimes when Dowdy thinks the game's not going the right way, he'll blow somebody up. Seth doesn't necessarily do that. But no. he's just always, always right. Remember again, it reminds me of Dowdy. Hopefully for Blue Jackets fans, he can start winning like Dowdy because he's one of the serial winners in our game.
2: Well, and yeah. I think it I think this too, and we've talked about this in brushstrokes before, and and Seth even said it to me when I asked him about it. I said, you know, do you feel like you were part of changing how this team played defensively? And he said, well, the whole league is changing how they're playing defensively. And I think so often we talk about mobile defensemen, we talk about what they're doing offensively, but uh, our colleague in Pittsburgh, Jesse Marshoff, wrote a piece earlier this year, and I talked about it too in my piece about Ryan Murray. The job of a defenseman isn't just to stop offense against, it's to turn the ice around and get the puck going the other way. And I think that's part of this too, is that Seth is so strong and so efficient and so composed and saying, uh-uh, no offense for you, here goes the puck the other way, that that's part of why we don't notice that shutdown side as much either, right? Because we're already focused on the offense going right. the other way. And, right. and, and Yes, it's about mobile defensive defensemen. Yes, it's about offensive defensemen. But what's really going to make, in my opinion, the modern day defenseman in terms of the best players there is not just prohibit offense against, but really actively be part of creating all the way from the back end forward. It's that engine that Torts has been talking about, quite frankly, ever since Seth got here.
1: And this is going to sound silly, but some of my oh, my God moments with Seth Jones have been fairly inconsequential moments where
2: totally. Yeah, totally.
1: he's on the he's on the left side of the high slot. So in other words, the net is shaded off to his right. He's near the blue line. The puck wraps around, and he goes straight, straight line across the blue line and lunges forward with the stick to keep the puck in the zone. And I can think of two or three of those, and I remember exactly the opponent, obviously not the date. Well, where I, where your jaw comes out, you're like, Oh my God. And, and there are very few athletes in, in the world of great athletes that can elevate and make you say, Oh my God, on a, on a regular basis. But he is, he is one of them.
3: We're no spoiled. Question. We're spoiled in this division with three of the, I think three of the best defensemen. Well, Tang obviously was injured the last couple of years, but he's having a great year this year. And John Carlson, I mean, yep. is just fantastic. Just I don't yeah. think he ever gets enough credit for as good as he is. Uh, yeah, it's it's a great group of, of defensemen. You know, the one thing uh, the one thing that hurts Seth, and this is not necessarily a criticism, is Seth. He has three points on the power play. Right. But The power play is just great. you know killing. That's crazy for a guy that good to have three points in the power play. But it, I guess it does. I think Allison mentioned today. How, did you say only three players
2: have more than one power play goal? <laughs> um, only three players. Let me confirm it. As have more oh. than one power play goal right now oh, for the Jackets. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: The power and play I mean, is an like abomination. Think,
2: yeah. Yeah, and just think if if
3: if they were just doing half that, you know, just doing yeah. slightly better, what Seth's numbers would look like.
2: Yeah, and that's, and, that's
3: not on his fault.
2: No, and and there, there's not one other. There's one other tidbit on, on Seth that I wanted to share that didn't find its way into the article. But I asked, you know, we, it was it was for those of us who followed this team for a while to think back to that when that trade went down three years ago was such a different time. And and I asked Zach Wierenski because he was still at Michigan. And I said, do you remember that trade? I mean, you weren't actively with the organization yet. You were drafted, but you're playing college hockey. and And Zach said, I noticed it right away. And he said, he, he he laughed a little bit. He said, I hope that someday maybe I could play with a player like Seth Jones. And, you know, to hear that from a, a player as talented as Zach Wierenski, who again was one right. of those voices just praising this guy. And and Seth and I were laughing. Seth's like, you know, I feel kind of like a veteran. I mean, I'm not a veteran. I'm like, Seth, you're 24. <laughs> but, you know, this guy has a body of work that, I, I mean, it's, it's crazy to think what it's going to become.
1: Well, and he is—he is a young veteran.
3: Mm-hmm. He I mean, could be a few, you know, depending on what one, how long Nick stays here, you know, and certainly he's done a great job. I mean, he—he's a future captain. I think. I think no it's question. Easy to say no set Jones, future captain, somewhere no along the line, either here or somewhere else.
1: Yeah. Well, how many games has he played? I mean, he is 24, but. he, is he- this, six seasons? Uh, God, this is his. Tonight is tonight will be his 426th game. Exactly. I mean, holy smokes. Yeah. So, uh, so he's in the All Star game. Cam Atkinson is in the All Star game. Atkinson, of course, part of the, the Blue Jackets top line with with uh, Artemi Panarin, Pierre Luc Dubois, that has really carried the Blue Jackets offensively. Uh, Tortorella was on about um, the Blue Jackets desperate need for secondary scoring, how a lot of those guys have dried up. Uh, Boone Jenner's line uh, has changed a bit with with uh, Foligno away from the team. He will not. Nick Foligno will not be part of the game tonight. Don't know about tomorrow in Florida, uh, but he will not be here in Raleigh tonight with the Blue Jackets. Duclair has dried up after a fast start goal wise. And part of it, he's, he wasn't in the lineup for a number of games. We've we've talked at length about Wendberg, um, his struggles. Uh, Tortorella today saying, you know, what about Josh Anderson? I can't find Andy right now. Right. Like there's a lot of guys on this team that have really has sort of faded um, and they're winning games. Sure. Uh, but I think there is a general consensus that they they absolutely have to get more consistent scoring uh, from lines two, three, four and really from their defense as well. And yes, that abomination of a power play needs to start adding uh, some stuff here, too. But what are your guys thoughts on I mean, this is kind of the team we expected? in terms of the lack of secondary scoring is that fair tom
3: yeah i think so and for the for a long time we i would, uh Allison and i talked to torch about this yesterday uh this this subject was raised and I, and he's talking about how he's you know, on this campaign not campaign but i think reporters were asking was is that top line among the best in the league and he was saying he was saying yes it is and that, but there's also been times i thought about breaking it up then we, it's just like the coaches have to make hard decisions during the course of games. And that led me to ask, was it difficult to take a, to take apart that Jenner, Foligno and Anderson line, which had right. gone for so that really was the secondary st- scoring, right? For the law, it time, was yep. until they kind of their points kind of dried up. And it's like he's trying to find that right mix. And, you know, the name we dance around all the time here is Alexander Wenberg. You know, if they could get a little bit more consistency from Alexander Wenberg leading the line, that would would help out tremendously because you're just not going to get it probably from the bottom of the lineup with any kind of consistency. We had some, you know, there was times where Marcus Hannikainen was chipping in a few things. You know, Riley Nash. I mean, oh my goodness, you know, he was brought in here to be a third liner, maybe move up in the lineup sometimes the way he did in Boston. That's not happened, uh, but it it does fall back to the Foligno and Anderson guys and and, and maybe Jenner. And I would not surprise me at some point if that line goes back together again, if only out of necessity.
1: Right. And then we have to start thinking like, what happens if the blue jackets move there into the trade deadline? I mean, then what someone else obviously moves up to the first line, maybe playing with Dubois and Atkinson helps them, but this team is going to need a boost. I, I keep, I keep wondering this, like, does this team? Do you, do you guys feel like this team sees itself at, at, with a desperate need to get ahead of Washington and Pittsburgh, or do you do you sense a a um, desperation and an urgency on their part to get better, 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 or do you think? Because sometimes to me it just feels like they think the passage of time is going to allow that. You know what I'm yeah.
2: saying? Yeah, I, I totally do. And I, I, my answer, if this makes sense, is that I don't sense it. And I don't know that we have to sense it, but I wish we did, if yes. that makes sense. Um, because you, on one hand, you like the confidence of saying we are a good competitive contender, right? That there's not a sense of wannabe-ness or it, it's that whole we hope we win versus we know we'll win element, right? right. But at the yeah. same time, they have not yet cemented a spot like Washington has, or like Pittsburgh has in the no. bigger conversation. And so i I again, maybe it's i long term, maybe you don't want to see it. Maybe you do ultimately long term want to see a team like Pittsburgh that just says, yeah, we know we'll be there when when the season's over. But mm-hmm. I, I'd like to see some of it now from this group. Some of it's some of that fire. I think it it was epitomized in that game against Washington at home, right? When
0: Oof.
2: we, we kind of hoped for this big burst of an amazing competitive 60 minutes and that that's not what we saw at all
1: at all tom what's this what's this team standing at? i mean i guess none of this is settled until the playoffs can't be but are, do you have you have you seen anything with this club that makes you think that as presently constructed that they're that they're going to dance past washington or pittsburgh and or Washington or, and or pittsburgh in the first two rounds
3: no no exactly and they're just uh you know, I, I, to go back to your earlier point, I would think that they, they trade Panera and they would probably have to, being mindful of staying in the playoff race and making the playoffs for a third straight year, you'd have to think they would add something yes. on the wing there, right? So Agreed. Uh, but no, no, I, I don't I don't see that. I mean, Washington is Washington has been building their way up, again, I mean, ad nauseum, he looked just right down the middle of the ice. I mean, right. they're terrific. Their power play is just on another planet, and so right now, so is the Penguins' power play. I think they're like something crazy, like 11 of their last 13. stuff. Uh, yeah. And and as we, as you especially mentioned a month ago when we were saying, oh, they just don't look that great, but we all knew they were going to eventually come around, and it's just Course. come a, a, a month earlier. Uh, they they're terrific. They they look really good. Matt Murray's starting to kind of look like the goalie that backstop to Stanley Cups uh and let us just be honest they just have so much more frontline talent i mean that's i mean we can talk we can talk to our blue in the face about you know if they could do this or the blues can do that they just don't have those players and i'm not saying that who knows we don't know what's going to happen between now and the trade deadline or injuries that could impact if there's no sidney crosby in a series but just Everything being equal right now, I still think the Blue Jackets are the third-best team in the division. And, boy, here come the Islanders. I'll give you a segue (laughs) to your your next segment with uh, Barry Trotz. Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, we've talked about this. Trotz Trotz has been making chicken salad out of chicken (laughs) for a number of years. And this team is not. I mean, yes, certainly Jonathan Tavares left. But this reminds me of those Nashville teams that Trotz had where just nobody nobody thinks that they that they are going to be able to, to compete in the Wild Woolly Division or in. But those national teams always played above their head. This Islanders team is playing above their head. That's what Barry Trotz does. Yes, he won the Cup last year with a great team. But I think his legacy is turning these these teams into these really hyper-competitive teams. And we're seeing it with the Islanders. These, the top four teams in the Metro, Columbus, Pittsburgh, Washington, Islanders, 30 wins, 6 losses, one overtime loss since December 13th. And they're starting to pull away from the bottom four teams in the league. Um, and I mean it's wild. Columbus is we're we're talking about them about how how they're not very good, how they're this how they're that. So, like 7 and 1 or 7 that's 1 right. and 1 in the last nine. Yeah, um,
3: let's, let's, let's 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 you know, 30 in the Metro Division in a division that's won the last three Stanley Cups is still pretty damn good. Yes. The, let's 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 add some context to that.
1: Yes. But it, I mean, what, what has, I think the Blue Jackets have lost a place in the standings. Correct. Going, going seven, one, and one in their last nine. Correct. Chew on that a bit. I, I think what we've seen now is that this is a four. And I don't know if this division gets four teams in. I mean, that's, that's the question. Does the Atlantic carry the day with five? So is it, do, does Columbus suddenly need to start worrying about the Islanders and only the Islanders in terms of getting in? I, I, I think, Things are starting to come into focus. We're not even halfway through the season yet, but it sure looks like the Islanders are going to separate from uh, Rangers, Devils, Carolina, and Philly. Agreed? Yes. yes. Yeah. And so, what's your if you're the Blue Jackets, what's the one team in the? Do you are you still big game hunting and trying to to win the Metro, trying to get second place, or do you just are you worried mostly about just staying ahead of the Islanders? Because I think you're a point up now.
3: I think unless you win the Metro, the um, second or third, to me, second or third is immaterial because you're going to get one of those other teams and they're going to be really tough. <laughs> Again, we don't know what their lineups are going to look like, but if we're just saying everything equal right now, yeah, there's certainly an advantage to winning the division if you can get there because you're then you're not going to probably get either Washington or Pittsburgh or, right. to me, the, the the Stanley Cup favorites, Tampa Bay. Right. Uh, so anything beyond that, I think those are all those other teams, uh, and you're not going to face Toronto because Toronto's going to finish second. All those other teams are winnable series is to me and not saying that you could, you know, I'm still not saying you can't beat Pittsburgh or Washington, but I think by winning the division, there's certainly something to be certainly said for that.
1: Having said that they didn't win an, a playoff game at home the entire playoffs last year.
3: Oh, no, I'm not talking. No, 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 no. no, I'm not. I don't give I don't give a crap about home ice advantage. I think that's (laughs) always been overrated in hockey. It's (laughs) it's incredibly overrated. Uh, And the Blue Jackets, of course, have shown that. No, I'm talking about the matchup. I'm talking about if you're getting Buffalo or who would they. So if, if they if they won the division, they would get the seventh seed. Or the eighth
1: seed. Uh It depends, the, but they would they would get it they would possibly get a team outside of their division of four teams from the Metro. Right.
3: Home. So you're, you, I would take my chances with a Buffalo or a Boston more so than than getting Pittsburgh or or uh, a Tampa. Or, I'm sorry, a Washington. Washington. So that's so not, you're saying that's go where win I'm the division. Coming from there, I don't give a crap about home ice advantage. I mean, you got to you got to be able to win on the road in the playoffs. I mean, that's that's silly.
1: Yeah. Huh. Uh, it's this interesting times in the Metro. Uh, Blue Jackets Carolina tonight. Uh, Blue Jackets at Miami to, or Miami,
2: Miami tomorrow. The
1: the Florida Sunrise Panthers tomorrow, and then they wrap up the road trip in Tampa uh, on Tuesday. So then that game that game should be awesome. The Blue Jackets will be off Sunday. They'll have a good hard practice on Monday and be ready to rock and roll on Tuesday. I, I'm sure they're going to look at that game. Columbus will, anyways, as a measuring stick, because that's a
3: really good team. Yeah.
2: And really one, that, team. one that put it to them the last time they were in that building, too.
3: That's right. I think they're the best team in the league. Uh, we'll we'll see how that all plays out. But right now, to me, I've seen them seven, eight times this year, and they're, they're just by far the best team in the league for me. 16-game yeah,
2: point streak for them right now.
3: Insane. Sheesh. Insane. It well, is funny it's though, gotta, to, uh, simple, to look right? at
2: the Blue Jackets and see them. Uh, the
3: NHL put that list out. I, I also don't know if you're referencing that. And there's Columbus, the 16-17 season. Yep. Right There. 108 so, points. Uh, yep. Yeah, just the yeah. It's it's uh there yeah it's it's pretty. And I think it was back to what 2007-2008 was the thing that the NHL put out today. And Columbus is right there, number two or number two, or number three, whatever it was. Crazy.
1: All right, guys, anything else we need to get to on this rainy, gorgeous day in Raleigh?
2: Um, I'll just – oh, go ahead, Tom.
3: No, I just thank you for taking that trip. I just –
2: Oh, my God.
3: Oh, thank goodness. I mean, I have to occasionally take St. Louis and the Islanders, and you should be able to have to occasionally bite the bullet and take that
1: Carolina. So so weird.
2: Completely weird. Completely weird. Uh, Yeah. on a normal person-thinking note, not Tom's please, note, please. Um, a, a shout-out to both Buckeye hockey teams. Uh, the men jump back into the second half of their season, um, and it's all Big Ten from here on out. They start on the road at Michigan State this weekend. Um, the, these are the games that matter. They have worked their way into a really good spot standing-wise, and, and these are now the make-or-break games. So it's going to be some exciting times there. I'd say follow that schedule. They'll be home next weekend against Michigan. Um, and then the women have a little bit of a tune-up uh, this weekend, two exhibition games against the NWHL's Minnesota Whitecaps. Uh, so those uh-huh. are that, – that's kind of fun to see a professional team come in and play these women, and this will warm them up before they jump into the second half of their season starting next weekend. So um, it's crunch time for two teams that want to make it back to the Frozen Four this year and really cement themselves as, as – long-standing good quality hockey programs in the NCAA so uh, should be interesting to follow
1: Allison the men are ranked seventh in one poll is that correct
2: well they are ranked seventh in one poll but that poll has not been run since December 21st <laughs> so but how
1: many games um, have been played since then
2: well there have been some I mean there have been enough that I think a second poll should have been run to start the year um, mm. they're fourth in the USA today poll um, and then in pairwise standings which is what ultimately ends up mattering if you don't win the division um i I think they're also fourth so um what about Gallup? what about who Gallup. oh
1: tom (laughs) what about the iowa state washington post poll
2: oh my goodness! listen i don't make the rules this is just how college (laughs) hockey works (laughs) what what about the the women the women were ranked highly as well where are they at (laughs) i'm ignoring you tom um there i think they're also they're Fourth, or, well, and that's part of the problem too. Is their poll was running, and they yeah, okay. had a, so they dropped even by not playing. Let me see here. The last they played was December sixteenth, and they were uh, that weekend, and they were eighth at the time. But again, I, I'd wait for meaning to come after after this weekend's slate of games.
1: Sure. Yeah, but both national powers.
2: Indeed. For sure. Indeed.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, watching those post game videos. We'll try another one tonight uh, here from pnc arena and thanks for reading all of our articles thanks for subscribing certainly hope you had, had wonderful holidays and we'll talk to you again on tuesday thanks so much